the comic book pit. Okay. You know, we've got a fair amount of comics to talk about, so I, I, I think we got all of our media talk out of our system over the past couple weeks. Yes. So, yeah, I think we're all talked out on that. We can finally get back to talking comic books mm-hmm. on this program. Yep. It's that's going to be a departure for us, you know. Yeah, I know. Something new. <laughs> Don't be afraid of it. Um, but it is just uh just the two of us tonight. It's uh. Just uh, me and Jared, just yeah, yeah. going out. old school, going yep. old school with it, the way it used to be. Yep, back when, just hanging out in that. Um, yeah, the uh, the 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 Duke, I believe he's uh, taking in a, 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 a showing of X Men Apocalypse, so we'll wait to hear what he thinks about that. Maybe next week. He's our canary in the coal mine on that one, because <laughs> uh, I was gonna go see it. But I've had enough people tell me to not bother. Yeah, I st- the the reviews have not been favorable. I still want to see it. Just you know, the 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 sick completist in me. You know, I, I still feel the need to see it, even though it's not getting great reviews. Uh, here's I, a, I've seen oh, the other sorry. ones. Well, I was going to say because yeah. I've seen every other one up to this point. So as have I. Um... I'll be honest, I haven't seen, oh, I did see Days of Future Past in the theater. I didn't see First Class in the theater. I saw that later. Um, I, I, the guy I work with, like, gave it high remarks, but everyone else I know that saw it has been underwhelmed. And I was like, well, do I want to spend 20 bucks to take me and the lady to see it? With all, you know, all these people being like, nah. Like, like the, the, the overwhelming response seems to be, find a bootleg of it. Like, there, there's good ones floating around, just get that. Mm-hmm. I, so. would, I would still see it in the theater. I would definitely go for the the most bang for my buck. Trying, you know, do it on a you know a matinee or um, there's yeah. there are a couple theaters in the in the Pittsburgh area that have um, like on Mondays or Tuesdays when they're not as busy. They actually have like five dollar movie nights. So um, I might you know try and take in one of those. But again. I, like we pretty much said, you know, I'm I'm certainly not rushing to do so. So, h- however I see it, I guess is how I'll see it. Long for the days of the dollar theater. Yeah, yeah, I miss miss the dollar theater. That was. Didn't that come back as some like hoity-toity ritzy theater now? Yeah, it actually. Um, it, it's the one. Yeah, it's the one that's close to the the comic store I work at in West Mifflin. And they have um, nice big recliner seats. I mean, not just like 
cushy theater seats. Like I've seen pictures of like people mm-hmm. I work with at at the theater fully reclined watching movies. That's something. I've never tried one of those theaters. I don't think we have any around here that are like that plush. No, the 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 closest I've been to is the Galleria Theater in Mount Lebanon, hmm, okay. where where all the seats in in the theaters like are like uh like nice plush like pleather seats, you know, like really nice, comfortable, plenty of room with cup holders, and that's not just like oh, this is the you know the VIP section or whatever or the the premium section. It's like every seat in the house. Is like that. So, oh my! And actually, that's where I—that's <laughs> the theater I saw X Men: Days of Future Past in. And I went on a like a weeknight, and I was the only person in the entire theater. Oh, yeah, nice. Hands off! <laughs> <laughs> Doing that's, this right. That's how I do it. That's how I do it. <laughs> so, anyways, all right. So, so we've got some comics to talk about. We do. Um, um, I don't know if you. I, last week I uh, mentioned we were doing the uh, rebirth, afterbirth. I know you have some other books um, that you've read. Do you want to yeah. go like a chronological? I saw the photo you put online no, beforehand. You know what? I, I feel like rebirth takes takes precedence. We can t- we can like go rebirth heavy on the front end, and maybe you know we can talk about some other stuff towards the end. But I feel like this has been the the you know the the comics event that everyone's talking about even in a way more so than the the Captain America Agent of Hydra kerfuffle. Yeah. I mean I was gonna say it was supposed to be the event, but then the Hydra Cap sort of drowned that out. Right. But I think I think all that's been said needs to be said has been said about that. Yeah. Well, I I, I th- but here's the kind of nice thing now now you know I'm um I've been mostly pro-Marvel my entire life. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to get into the whole Captain America Hydra agent um, debate. and But it's nice that while that did kind of overwhelm the, uh, the interwebs and the social medias for that week, um, the Rebirth storyline, like, even past the Rebirth special is still being talked about heavily, whereas no one's talking about Captain America anymore. No, and it's it's kind of a nice a nice change of pace. I'm glad that that DC's Rebirth stories are gaining traction because they need to. Like this is what DC needs. Like they they need this they this Rebirth, this fresh start. If they're going to you know have any life. In the you know as part of the market share of, of comic books. Yeah, um, I, I just want one quick note on Captain America. Did you read that issue? I did not. You did not. Right, never mind then. I have it. I read it out of curiosity. Oh, you can. I mean, I have a theory. You well, can say you whatever. It, then this is a one-ended conversation, and it's just going nowhere fast. Oh, okay. Um, I just didn't know. I, I, I thought just you throw wanted this out there for the listeners. And maybe you want to like tweet at us or put it on Facebook. I think we're looking at. Time travel manipulation. I have a suspicion. There's a character that introduces like old timey Cap and his mother to Hydra, who I think is not of her era. And I think that's how they did it. Okay. That's just. I think what I'm saying is I think someone went back in time, 
and turned Cap in the past. So you got like some Back to the Future too mm-hmm. going on here. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, everybody. Well, I shouldn't say everybody because obviously, if everybody knew it, then nobody, you know, nobody would be losing their minds over this. But for those of us that have been through these types of stories before, yeah. it, you know, you might not like that story, but you at least you know it's it's not going to stay that way. Where, and that issue, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was say that issue kind of set that up because there's a scene in that issue where they talk about like different iterations of Captain America. They're like, hey, remember that time he was a werewolf? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Cap Wolf. That's all you need to say. Yeah. Yeah. And and how many you know times has he been aged and then de-aged and yeah. killed so. and then or you know how many times has he lost the super soldier serum? I mean, just it. So this is this is just another cycle, but you know, this the story also came hot off the heels of Captain America: Civil War. Yeah. So I think that the be, number one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but because Cap was you know on so many people's radar when this story hit and it just blew up, it blew up in the faces of people that probably just don't read comics on the regular, and this was the only story they were exposed to. And it was like the, like, oh, I'm mad too. Give me a, give me a torch and a pitchfork. Yeah, well, but state of the times, or, or, it's Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> Doctor Manhattan's be. tweaking with it just for funsies on the Mars. It could be. And uh, so, um, you're, you're talking going back to Rebirth, and and that was obviously the big reveal. Were you offended by it? Did you take any? Were you clutching your pearls when they uh, revealed that it's it's Doctor Manhattan that tweaked? I have questions. I'm not really upset. I don't I don't care. I don't have a horse in the race. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a problem with it. Um, it, it just it, it creates questions for me. Questions that will keep me like uh, paying attention to the books. I okay. So I I I was of two minds of it. So I I read the spoiler before reading the issue. Because, Me too. Because at first I thought, I don't even know if I'm going to buy this. And because, uh, again, going back to DC just hasn't been doing it for me for the past five years. I mean, like, I've been reading Batman, and that's pretty much it. Um, so, so you know, when I when I heard, you know, saw, like, oh, big spoiler, big reveal, I'm like, okay, let's see what this, mm-hmm. this is all about. And I, I saw it, and I was like, huh. That, for a split second, I was like, "Oh no, come on, don't do that!" But then, I think the more seasoned, more mature, more like, I don't really care. Not, I shouldn't say I don't care, but like, I'm not going to let it bother me. Type of mentality took over, and I'm like, "You know, like, why not? Why not do that?" Mm-hmm. What, um, there's there's yeah. there's no more sacred cows. Let's just let's have fun and play with all the toys in the sandbox. I believe that the word that best described my reaction was ambivalent. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't I didn't think it was like oh my man that's awesome or but I, I wasn't like that or nor was I like how dare they? I mean, if you got to talk about like crapping in the mouth of Alan Moore. I mean, DC's been doing that for the last 30 well, years with this book right. by keeping it in print in perpetuity 
just to flaunt the the terms of their deal. So this this is beyond insult to injury or salt and wound. This is just might as well. You know, it's theirs. They have it. They're never going to let it go. So right. Might, might as well work them in. I mean, I mean, p- people need to need to realize. I mean, actually, as far back at not that it was even that long ago, but bef- with the before Watchmen series or mini series that came out. I mean, Alan Moore just, I mean, he clearly he's never ever going to have anything to do with DC ever again and vice versa. So, you know, people that are crying on his behalf, I don't think he cares anymore. I mean, why, why would he, he, he's never going to get Watchmen back. I mean, it was never his to begin with. I mean, it, it, you know, it was not a creator-owned right. series. He created it for DC Comics. Um, it's, it's, you know, whatever people are hoping for is never going to happen. Um, so, and you know, and and like we say with pretty much everything, you know, every property or every you know story or that people feel like they they say have, has been like you know torn from them or whatever screwed with it's like the original material still exists right like that will never change so who cares what they're doing with it now everyone's childhood is still intact yeah yeah but um yeah so yeah exactly what it is that part is whatever um I guess what now my question is, if this, if this is the same, if this is, if, okay, I don't, let me start well, over. We know what, well, we're going places here. Let's, let me let's pause thoughts. for a second. You gather your thoughts, and for those who maybe haven't read it at this point, even though it's been, what, three weeks or longer? Or yeah. What we're talking about is you basically find out in the 80-page the DC Universe Rebirth number one, that uh, Dr. Manhattan from the Watchmen graphic novel uh, was basically responsible for the New 52 uh, being formed. And they're pretty much folding the Watchmen universe or Watchmen continuity into the DC universe. We've seen... um, Hints of Doctor Manhattan. We've seen hints of uh, Ozymandias, and we've seen a very obvious uh, reference to the comedian, as Batman found his smiley face button uh, embedded in the walls, uh, one of the walls of the Batcave. So that's what we're talking about. If if if, if there's one, if there's anyone left out there who is not aware of what we're talking about, so yeah. Um, so I guess my question is, is so, so after Flashpoint, they, they ended up putting the world back together and then that's when Dr. Manhattan decided to create a universe for, or meddle with a alternate universe for, on a whim or just to study it. I guess that's it. Mm-hmm. They, they sort of, people are like, oh, I can't believe you villainized Dr. Manhattan. And I'm not sure so sure he's a villain. So much as he's just, you know, just like in in the in Watchmen, you know, he he was kind of neutral because he was above everything and beyond everything. 
So some people viewed him in like as negative connotations or as you know a bad quote unquote bad person or yeah he was just it was like he was he was basically like the watcher but yeah with yeah, but the I, watcher that interfered and, and could meddle and right he has more power it, it, for for Marvel fans out there he's basically re, what Reed Richards is now you finished Secret Wars right or did I just let a cat out of the bag. Um, I didn't, but I pretty much had gathered okay. all of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what the Fantastic Four and the Fuji Foundation were doing. They were recreating the multiverse. Reed, you know, with Franklin and Reed were a father and son project, mm-hmm. recreating the multiverse. Um, and that's basically what Doctor Manhattan did. So again, the big two just keep swapping back and forth their grand ideas. Any rate, what I was trying to say is, so if this world is the post-crisis world. Like if the pre if the fifty two new fifty two is the post crisis world, and that's what I'm calling that era from like eighty six till two thousand nine, the the post crisis world. Is that you think is that fair to you? Uh yeah yeah that sounds about yeah. right. So if it's that, and then the new fifty two was just that world just tweaked by Doctor Manhattan with with it sounds like a decade removed from their memories and it's just like molded and shifted and whatnot um my biggest question is then who the hell is the bearded superman that's been flying around because i've gotten into that character in a big bad way um just a little history in the 90s i started reading superman pretty heavily with the death of superman Mm storyline and i got into like the you know the triangle numbers every week in and out with superman comics pretty much through the entire 90s and it went into the early 2000s, but once I went to college, I couldn't keep up with that, and that's where I drifted from it. Um, and then so this new bearded Superman that they introduced, I call him bearded, but he was always bearded. Um, like in the Convergence storyline, he popped up. Him and Lois like came from that world like to this world with their child or what have you. And then I started reading that like Final Days of Superman storyline that went through. Uh, the DC Comics, the past few months, where they killed off the new 52 Superman, and this, who I'm calling Bearded, because he had a beard, was featured pretty heavily. And so I got very interested in that character. I went back and got the Lois and Clark Superman, like, eight-issue miniseries, mm-hmm. and devoured that. And that, I'm in for a pound, because that is that 90s Superman that I read. It is that Superman. Like, it's sort of, like, if you just... It is pretty much like that 1992 through like 1995 type Superman. Like it, you didn't need to read anything in the 2000s up to a new 52. Like for someone like me who'd read it like heavily in the 90s, it's that Superman with those experiences, with those references, like brought back. You know, with now, you know, with a son that's starting to exhibit powers and all that, which at first is like what gave me pause, but as I started reading it, I really didn't mind it. So my question is if, if he's not from a different universe like he had thought, then then who is he, and and where did he come from, and what is going on here? That that's my question. So I guess I just keep reading, and then um, you read it too. Remember, there's that scene where he's like in a hotel and he meets a guy in a robe and he tells him like, "You're not who you thought you were," and yeah. that's Superman, who's who you thought he was. I thought for a minute there that was Tangent Superman, but I did a Google search and I don't think it is. At first, you remember the Tangent, like. I do. I, I I don't remember much of it, but I do remember that that it, kind of. You remember it was a thing. It was like an imprint slash event. Uh, like summer series, like sixteen years ago or whatever. Yeah. 
But um, I, I, I looked it up, and I, it doesn't quite look like it's the same character. So I'm not sure who, but I'm uh, I'm intrigued uh, by that. I mean, with uh, Rebirth, I, I like the idea of restoring a joyful tone to these DC superheroes. Uh, the book didn't really have a joyful tone on display. But at least it was intimated that that stuff's coming back. I, th- I read some of the Rebirth titles, and you can sort of see it there. I mean, there, there's no wah-ha-has yet, but... Right, but it's it's definitely more of a a tonal shift to something a little more what we were used to yeah. prior to the New 52. Um, but I think there's a lot of, I mean, um, you know, in, in the Rebirth issue... I think there's, you know, just a lot of important things happened. While it's, you know, there's still a lot of unanswered questions. Um, you know, there's a, um, I think first and foremost, the fact that they brought back um, Wally West is, a, yes. is a big deal. Um, I like seeing him. You know, they're they're gonna, um, they have. Uh, for me personally, this is a huge thing. Uh, Ted Cord is back. The He's, he's okay. He's kind of the blue beetle, but he's more of a mentor to the uh, uh, Jaime Reyes. Your your beetle. enthusiasm for it makes me enthusiastic, but when I read it, like it didn't do anything. Like the, the Adam plot, the Johnny, the Johnny Thunder from the yeah, and then, well, uh, the well, Greenland, like those things, really didn't do anything for me. And I think because if it if if you look at the like how the chapters were broken down, I think this one was called uh, Legacy. And this one dealt with like a lot of the legacy heroes. Uh, And uh, paid attention. Well, I didn't until the very end. (laughs) I I didn't notice that until just five minutes before we started recording. But um, so yeah, because you see, like you said, there's uh, you see uh, a little bit of uh, Ray Palmer and Ryan Choi as um, Adams, um, Jaime Reyes and Ted Cord with the Blue Beetle, which uh, and then and I mean they they're only getting two to three pages each, so you're not really getting a lot to go on. Um, but, you know, like Dr. Fate shows up, which is pretty cool, like a classic-looking Dr. Fate. Um, there's a, um, one page that shows, you know, the um, the new uh, the new Green Lanterns and the new Aqua Lad. I don't know if he's going under by Aqua Lad or Aqua Boy. I don't know. Uh, I think, uh, what's his name is back uh uh, Damien is back. Damien Wayne. Uh, he's been back. I, I really enjoyed his his, his series started with that new uh, DCU. Last oh, ever, that's right. Of Batman. I really really like that series. That's one I'm sad to see ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the creative team is jumping over to Superman, so I was like, all right, I'll go over there. But uh, yeah, and, and in fact, I'm gonna I think we're gonna get the uh, Teen Titans, probably even the Super Sons books in mm-hmm. the fall. Just because I really did enjoy that character, and even like I said, the, the Clark Kent son character, who's uh, what's his name? Oh, Jonathan Kent. Uh, that's Superman's son's name in this world. Right. Um, I do think I'll be following those books just because I do enjoy those characters, and uh, it, it, it looks like a total package. Like creative teams seem interesting to me. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's it's this is probably the most excited I've been for DC. Since the beginning of the new fifty-two, five or six years ago, and, and while I'm enthused, I still there's nitpicks and there's still things that I just like uh, kind of sure. don't care for. Um, 
namely, like we mentioned, Wally West is back, and that was cool to see, like, Kid Flash, Wally West running around, and that was a lot of fun. But the one thing that bugged me, I don't know if this is a Jeff Johns thing. I think you've read way more than I have of Jeff Johns. Maybe you can answer that. There seems to be this need to explain every little thing and make like every little, give every little thing context, like why there's a second Wally West. Like, like they had to like go like this really ham-fisted explanation for you know the Black Wally West that's been running around the new Fifty Two Flash titles. Like oh like we like the Wests had like a third. Yeah, I don't know if that cousin was... and who no one talked to, and he had a son who he also named Wally. So there's two Wally West. Like that's where I'm like, why can't you just like, like I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're saying it's the same world and it's just been like muddled with, I, I don't know. It felt like it really didn't need that type of explanation. It just felt really clumsy and unnecessary. Yeah, I can see that. I I just wonder how much of his writing was. His style versus, okay, I'm writing this for the hard, you know, like mostly for the like the hardcore DC fans, but I might have to throw a few bones to people that are just picking this up because they're interested. Like I don't know if there's anything, you know what I mean? Like if they if if he's trying to help out new readers, but I, I feel like a, a book like this, you're either gonna you're either gonna enjoy it or you're not. You, you know, because there's a lot of stuff that, you know, there, there was stuff in here I didn't quite get because, I mean, on the first page at the very bottom, it says, this tale takes place after Justice League number 50 and Superman number 52, so read those first. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't read those. Uh, I did heed but, its advice and read the uh, Superman. Was it Superman? I said just. I didn't read Justice League, but yeah, it said. I did uh, read. I did stop and pull Superman Fifty Two off the pile. Read that first, and then read it. I'm like, all right, fair enough. I honestly, having read it, I'm like, hey, I didn't really miss anything. That's the thing. Like, I, I felt comfortable just jumping in and reading it, and and you know, there were a couple of questions or maybe people or characters I didn't recognize, but you know, by and large, I, I'm a fairly intelligent person. I was able to read it, enjoy it, and I mean, just like we did 20, 30, 40 years ago when, when people started first reading comics, you, you know, you just picked up a comic and you read it. You didn't, yeah. you know, w- without the the assistance of the internet or Wikipedia or message boards or social media, you just, you just read a comic because you wanted to enjoy it. And I did. I enjoyed this. And I'm looking forward to more. So... I am too. Um, I think so. The Superman and Flash stuff is what entertained me. Um, the Batman stuff left me a little indifferent. And I did pick up Batman Rebirth number one. Okay. And you know, while that book was clearly an issue intended like as a jump on point, uh, for me it was a good jump off point. It, it took a lot of the like not all of them, but a couple of the concepts set up at the end of the Snyder and Capullo run. Uh, namely the Duke Thomas character. And it sort of just like put them all in a place for where they're going forward. And the creative team coming on to Batman next doesn't really interest me. And, you know, I've been reading Batman month in, month out since New 52, so almost five years mm-hmm. of this. So for me, it just felt like a good time to move on. Um, but it, it was like, cool. I, I read it. And I enjoyed it. It was good. I, I really liked what they were doing, but at the same token, I was like, eh, I, I've, I'm, I'm cool with this. I can, 
let this go and I'm fine. You know, it was it was actually a nice little. It was like almost like an extra epilogue mm-hmm. to the run that we have been reading all these years. I'm I'm torn because I'm 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 very interested in the writer uh, Tom King and less so in the artist, which is David Finch. Yes. Um, I love what Tom King has been writing recently, uh, um, specifically the vision for Marvel. Okay. Um, so to see what he would do on a Batman book is is very intriguing to me. Uh, like I said, David Finch, I <laughs> have not been a fan of his probably in a long time. Right. Uh, so like decade plus since I was like, oh wow, look at that. I just kind of over it. Um, yeah. Now that said, I will be getting the All Star Batman when that comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be checking in on that, but the regular monthly Batman, I'm letting go. I'm going to the other side of the DCU with, uh, and I'm throwing my support back behind the Superman titles, as I've mentioned, you know, a little bit already. Um, I said the new fifth, the rebirth Superman was quite, sort of just was like a more of a, I said it was sort of like epilogues to what had come before rather than prologues to what's coming. Because mm-hmm. it really just had to do with like the fallout of that final days of Superman where the, the new 52 Superman had like kryptonite poisoning or something like that. I don't know. I read them all, but it was kind of unclear. He was just like taxed out and he had like some kryptonite infection and he died. He just like turned to dust. Just poof. Like, a lot of that, um, remember we were reading when he was doing that solar flare stuff? Oh, yeah. Like, that really, like, that was, like, part of the slippery slope to his demise. Mm. And there were some other things, but uh, basically he just taxed himself and to the point of no return. And, uh, so this other, the bearded Superman, as I'll keep calling him, like, was convinced, like, he'll be back. He's like, oh, I came back, so this guy's coming back, too. And almost, like, obsessed with the idea that, like, he'll be back. And, uh, so it was sort of, that DC Rebirth number one just dealt with like that Superman attempting to help the new one come back, and then ultimately resigning to the fact that he's not. And um, and, and then they just sort of like, oh, I'll remember him and I'll you know honor his you know memory, blah blah blah. And like that's just how it. Like I said, it really felt like an epilogue to what had come before, than a setup for what was to come. Um, it was cool. I, I enjoyed it just because I'd been reading you know the that storyline the past like two months or so. Mm-hmm. So it just honestly felt like the next chapter to that. Um, and then I did read action 957, you know, I was picking up that old numbering so they can get that thousand issue. Yeah. I think it's, it, I, I think that's kind of cool. I, I actually always felt like when, even when they started the new 52, I felt like they should have left Batman or detective and action yeah. alone and maybe just told maybe like out of continuity stories or done something different with, with those books, but should have just left them alone. Yeah. But, uh, well, anyway, it's back. And like I said, it was real heavy on the whole, like this is the 90s Superman that I, you know, read as a teenager. And, um, th- this whole time, like him and Lois Lane, like they've been hiding, you know, laying low, like refusing to reveal themselves to the world, flirting with it because of their just nature. You know, they couldn't just like be, Nobody's just keeping their head down and working, just be like regular schmoes. They, like Lois was writing some book, like exposing like the intergang and stuff like that. So, like their very natures like led them to high profile positions. But in this action, it, it, it was a little bit of a head scratcher in some spots. So, 
basically like Superman's dead. Metropolis needs a hero, so Lex Luthor becomes Superman. Basically, he's like a suit of armor with a big S on it. He's like stopping bad guys. And so Bearded Superman's like watching this on TV, and he's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> and like quick shaves, shaves off the beard, and then goes up to his like dresser and pulls out that, and you've seen that new Superman suit, that, like, the darker blue, no red boots. Yeah. Like pulls that out of his dresser. And now he had, he did have a suit. It was like all black with like a white S. Mm-hmm. Like that what he had been using. Um, in lieu of the classic suit. Like when you first, they first showed him, like he was in the classic suit with the red underpants. And then he like put that away, got this like black suit with a white S because he was like doing stuff on the sly. And Lois Lane was like, I'm sick and tired of like having to replace your clothes. So here I, I had this made for you by some scientists. It's, you know, <laughs> indestructible. And then like he just pulled out this other suit. Like this is a guy who had no intention of ever going public and being quote unquote Superman, but yet had this wacky suit like on the ready. And like I and again I don't know what their issue is with red in the costume. Like I would have if if I had my druthers, like in that moment, just put on the classic duds. I think I would have liked that more. I mean mm-hmm. I don't I don't hate it. I'm not as like staunchly opposed to it like I was five years ago when they revealed that super suit. Like is what it is, but at the first, like that feels a little weird. But um, and then so like that Superman shows up, and then he like fights with Lex Luthor, and then spoiler alert, like Doomsday shows up, and I was like, holy shit! Like this is this is the comics I was reading like 20 years ago. Like just mm-hmm. like was continued, but um, I was into it. Like the artwork is, uh, it, I don't mind it. I, I enjoy it well enough. It's the character. This time I'm in it for the character. Or the characters, like the supporting cast. Like, ah, that I'm really enjoying. Maybe it's the nostalgia from, like, reading it as a kid. I don't know, but I just really am enjoying what, what they're doing with the character right now, and that's why I'm sticking around with well, that one. It, it sounds like, I mean, it, and, and that those are all, you know, I, 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 I believe all of that, and I, and I, but I think what it sounds like maybe for you and for a lot of people, just in general with all this Rebirth stuff, is just, like you said, characters just... Getting the characters back that you that you love. Yeah, this is a character that I stopped reading fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, I think I, there was a few issues here and there, um, but it reminds me of the one that I read religiously when I was in high school. It was like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Like, that's what it reminds me of. Not even so much like that later run stuff. It just reminds me of, like, that, you know, that that heyday era of the early to mid-90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I guess that maybe that's it. Maybe that's what the intention is. Like, I didn't see that with Batman or anything else, but really with Superman, it just seems to be a real, like, it, it is that character. It's not even, like, going back to that character. Like, it is, it is that character. Right. So the whole mystery and everything I'm intrigued by, there's a mystery regarding... Clark Kent and all of this that is kind of intriguing. Um, but yeah, it's just, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I, I hesitate to use the word fun because I haven't quite seen the fun yet. Like, it's certainly not grim and gritty or dreary, but I would also hesitate to call it fun. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, that's good, though. I mean, it sounds like they're at least in the, you know, they're finally headed in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 they're not 100% perfect. There's still some things that you're just like, oi, 
but overall, I'm enjoying it for what it is. So I'll stick with it. I like, I like I said, I'm I like that character. I didn't think I would. And uh, I'm interested to keep reading more about it. Cool. Now, did, did, now, you read other Rebirth titles, right? I did read one more. Might as well check them all off. I also yeah. read Rebirth Flash. Um, that one I wasn't sure about. Basically, I, the, my shop had the Jason Pearson variant cover. So I definitely bought it. Like, well, I'm just buying it for that cover, if nothing else. So I wasn't sure about the storyline that they were teasing, and I didn't know anything about the creative team. Um, I'm going to stick with that one, too. Um, it really does expand on... Like that scene in Rebirth where Wally meets Barry and, and brings him back. Okay. You see that a little bit more in, in some of the after. And um, I, the artwork of it, I really enjoy too. The artist's name is Carmine D. Giandomenico. And who his art kind of reminds me of uh, Giuseppe Camincoli from over on Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Okay. Only just uh, inappropriate, so more com- kinetic and bouncy. Mm-hmm. And that art kind of gave a feel, whether intended or not, of, like, Barry Allen as the Peter Parker of the DC Universe. Oh, okay. Nice. And I sort of, like, dug that groove, and, like, when the story starts, like, he's he's sort of almost kind of like TV Barry, where, you know, he's the forensic scientist, he's out on cases, his dad's there, and, like, his dad's kind of like his confidant and all Mm -hmm. this. So, like, all right, that's kind of like the Flash that I dig on week in, week out. So it's cool to see that like reflected in the book. Like I, you know, I always complain about the tail wagging the dog, but this is an instance where it's like, man, I want mine to see like Star Labs and Cisco and Caitlin, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that that's a lot of retrofitting for them to, to accomplish that. But um, like I said, I, I sort of dig like, the supporting cast. That artwork gave it that feel where I like I was like, oh, I could get into this because I don't read Spider-Man anymore. I just kind of just like Batman, kind of like like oh, I've had you know have my time on it. But to sort of read that and get that same type of character, feel particularly like seeing it like applied to the Flash, uh, was something that was really interesting to me. So I will be sticking with this title as well. Um, more of a quick hit on that one, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was really I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Good. And like, and then the overall like the mystery of like the the supposed missing decade and the reconciling. What world are these characters from, and what's going on? Check it out. I, mean, I guess this will be like unfolding over the next two years, so we'll see. We'll see how they do. Yeah, I'm. I'm I, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to reading these. Like I think I told you in our pre-show discussion that I've got I've got pretty much all these waiting for me um, in my whole box at the at the store. Um, and did I hear something like a? The, the Green Arrow Rebirth issue sold like a ridiculous number of copies. I, I did not hear that. Like so I something like, like 90,000 copies or something. Gadzooks. They put it in like a loot crate or something? <laughs> I don't know. But I don't know if, I, I don't know what to attribute that to, but the, like for, for some reason, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like something you'd consider like a Batman. Superman or even Flash due to the you know maybe the popularity of the TV show. No, it was Green Arrow for some reason was a was like a huge seller and is going for big bucks. It's it's hard like it's you cannot find Green Arrow Rebirth anywhere. Wow, go figure. Yeah, yeah. I knew, I saw that the Batman one was fetch, fetching a little extra on the aftermarket. Mm-hmm. 
should have picked up that Green Arrow one. Well, you know, and they're they're going to reprint the the, D, the DC Universe Rebirth issue as a uh, like a square bound issue because I did hear that, yeah. And it's going to be um, like five ninety nine or something like that, or six ninety nine. It's going to be significantly more than the you know the original like price was two ninety nine for for eighty some pages, which is incredible. But uh, so if you didn't get it on the first go round. Then uh, you, you got to pay a little more for the uh, for yeah. the second printing. So, but you get a, a square bound book, whereas we got a yeah saddle stitched book. Um, yeah, I've seen like eighteen bucks, a variant eighteen bucks, fifteen bucks, ten. And it kind of goes all over the place. Do you want five copies for forty bucks? We can get that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's something going on. Add to my collection. A little action, a little aftermarket action on this one. Wow, here's uh, Superman, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, and Batman, $45. It's the variant, like the one-to-one variant covers, like not even like Chase variants. Interesting. Hmm. And again, you know, um, you know, to to look at it from a speculator's point of view, DC. You know, comics probably haven't seen that much action on eBay since the beginning of the New 52. I would think. Uh, they haven't had much to uh, get people like, up in dander like that. Mm-hmm. It's surprising. It's surprising. So Now, it's you know, it's just like now the the um, the burden is on DC to take this all this positive momentum and do something with it and not just rest on their laurels uh. like they did with the New 52 and just revert back to old ways of telling stories. Your lips to Dr. Manhattan's ears. Because, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it, that, that, that's where the true test will be at. Like, where is this thing at in a year? I mean, where is this thing at in two years? Like, are they, are they you know, resetting the deck again in, like, three years, four years, five years? Can they correct the course? Like, I don't know. I mean, it seems... I mean, by like sort of addressing like, okay, we're going to be less dark, we'll be more happy. That's what fans wanted. You know, they're kind of chasing the the trend. Like kids, like kids playing soccer, they're all chasing the ball. No one's getting ahead of it. Um, and getting ahead of it is, you know, really where you would want them to be. Um, so yeah, we shall see. Oh, off, we'll find out. I'm sticking around. I'm yeah. See what's going on. I mean, and and just from reading uh, the the main rebirth book. It sounds like they've got a a long game in mind with the you know the, the whole behind the scenes of you know like they're you know they're, they're basically saying someone out there is playing with our lives someone out there has stolen time from us has changed us and you know there there was even talk of like there's a war coming so it sounds like there's going to be at least like they're laying the groundwork for a larger overall story, um, which hopefully doesn't have the word crisis somewhere in there. Yeah, I know. Because it's like, you guys have really overused that word. But Yeah. But um, whereas in the New 52, when they, when they restarted that, or when they started it, I don't think there was any larger story at play. They were just, you know, each uh, title just no. started, and they just... Justice League told, had the... 
Uh, there was no dark, dark. I say there was the dark side storyline, but that was like contained. There was no grand crossover or anything. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like each each title was just like a self-contained. You know, and, and they would cross over here and there, or you'd see characters from one book and another book, but there was no. There was nothing that there was no kind of tapestry that wove these books together. Like it, it didn't feel like a shared universe. Mm. And I, I think that's really what's been missing is like that feeling of you know a shared universe that these characters are all in this world together. You know, because you could you could take any one of those New Fifty Two books and just read it by its by itself, and it you could probably just. Just read it and and mm-hmm. not have any crossover or or anything with another book and you know and I, I feel like that's you know that's kind of you know there, there's something missing when you do that. True, true, true. So anyway, I guess in closing, in summation on the rebirth, uh, if you don't want to read it, stay tuned. We'll read it for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and and that's and again that's like you know there's um, I don't know if you listen to any other comic book podcasts I, I listen to a couple not a ton but that's um, for the past two or three weeks I mean that's been the t- the the lead story on, on almost any given show lately is you know rebirth so. You know, like I said, it's 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 just up to DC to to take that, yeah, and do something positive with it and not not screw it up. It's like we're it's like we're giving you another chance, DC. Don't screw this up. True. You know, we thought yeah, we yeah. thought the new Fifty Two was going to be the. I, I kept with those. I, there was a handful of titles I picked up right from the jump and kept with them. About the first two years, Animal Man ended. Swamp Thing, I, I, I left. I read the Snyder run. I think we talked about that. I think that's around the time I joined the show. Mm-hmm. It was during the midst of like the Swamp Thing story arc by Scott Snyder. And then with that, when he left, I kind of ended there. Um, they canceled Frankenstein: Agent of Shade. I think uh, you you were digging that book too, weren't you? That is. One of my all-time favorite books from yeah, that one love that one. That was so good. I actually yeah, I, I just uh, dug that out a couple of months ago with the intent to reread it. And I, I I haven't had a chance, but but I want to. And it's only like a, I think including the zero issue, it might be like a sixteen or seventeen issue run. Um, you can pick it up in almost any dollar bin, and and I would highly That's recommend a steal. it. Yeah, yeah, the, it's it's quality storytelling. It's yeah, good storytelling, great art. Um, it's basically like Frankenstein is Frankenstein and the Agents of Shade is basically the Hellboy and BPRD of the DCU. Yeah, and every issue is pretty much a standalone issue. I think there might be one or two stories where it's like a two-issue story, but for the most part, um, they're all Standalone issues. You don't have to go in really knowing anything. Uh, in fact, it's probably better if you don't because if you just, if you, it's one of those things like if you try and think too much about it, you, you'll ruin it for yourself. But if it's like, 
oh, there's Frankenstein with a giant sword and a gun, and he's killing monsters, and you know, and and there's his, and and it's just more uh, like monstrous freaks on his mm-hmm. team, and yeah, just it was just uh, oh man. That's some high concept, and it, it was mm-hmm. it was really fun, really well done book. Mm-hmm. It was sad to see it go. Animal Man was pretty good. Yep. For a while, um, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't read too many from this. I mean, I I read all the first issues. Um, I think the ones I, I just I kept going with was, um, well, Batman I I stayed with till the end. Um, I I went with Swamp Thing. An animal man up into the mid to late twenties. Uh, Aquaman, I maybe read into the teens, and and, and you know Frankenstein, Agents of Shade. Um, I don't think I read too much else. I I, I had maybe the first. Um, I think I had the first Justice League arc, and maybe one or two issues after that. After that. Um, but yeah, nothing really. You know, you know, reading a lot, reading all fifty-two of the first issues, there just weren't a lot that just that jumped out to me that were that really struck me as being that good. No, no. Um, I mean, and if they were good, like we just said, they ended them. <laughs> so, right. Go, go figure. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I take it back. There was um. I forgot about All Star Western, the, the Jonah Hex book. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I, that was I, surprisingly I, yeah. really good. Uh, I think you say that. I, I had read Supergirl for like uh, maybe the first twenty or so issues. Okay. Um, it was cool enough story, and then that was like that. Mahmoud Asrar was on the art, and I was really digging that. And that was a deal. Like he left the book, and it, my interest waned. So that was one where I was more following it for the creator, but it was. That's where the, the creative team was making it enjoyable enough to stick around for. Without them, I lost like any real connection to it. But yeah, there's times I was reading that book, like, man, I keep going reading a Supergirl book, and I'm like really enjoying it. But then it just sort of felt like it was getting repetitive. Mm-hmm. And then creators change, and it was just time to go. Uh, in summation, I guess if we were yes. <laughs> if we were that's into a fancy it, way of saying it. In yeah. summation, um, I'd say we are. Cautiously optimistic? Would that be a, an appropriate? That's an incredibly fair way to put it. Um, so uh, yeah, I think there's there's a lot to be optimistic about. I you know they 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 may have still hit a couple of bumps along the way, but it you know f- from these initial uh, rebirth issues, it seems like they're getting getting the ship righted. Yeah, they may be onto something here. They very well may be onto something. Let's hope so. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice. I think everyone benefits when the big two are strong. Uh, a rising tide raises all ships. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point because I think they, you know, DC and Marvel set the, you know, they set the bar. They they set the standard to which a lot of people aspire to. You know, uh, I mean, granted, there are dozens of, you know, independent companies nowadays, uh, mm-hmm. and everyone's putting out their own comics, and it's kind of like a, 
it's like it's a great time to be a comic book creator because you can just do your own thing. Yeah. But I mean, let's face it. Like when when you're growing up, it's like you're growing up reading Batman, Superman, Spider Man. Like that's still what you what you fall in love with, you know, a majority of the time. So it's like you still want to see those companies putting out a good product because that's you know that's like that's kind of what you love. Yeah, you know, to be selfish or if you will. We we can get the great books from the creators that we like, but we would also like to get great books for, of the characters that we like. Yeah, no, and that, why not have our cake and eat it too? That is a that is an excellent point. Excellent point. Um, well, I guess with that, then I guess I think we've said just about everything we we had to say on the on the, on the topic. And that's all I got to say about that. That's right, <laughs> Jared Gump. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, okay, well, then we're going to sign off. This has been episode 228 of Comic Book Pit. I'm Dan. I'm Jared. And we'll see you next week. Yeah.